Welcome, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. You're listening to I Couldn't Help But Podcast, an unofficial Sex in the City podcast. I'm your host, Joe Daniel Montalongo. And I am Paige Clarno. And today, we have a very special guest. Hi, I'm Marky Ho. We are so excited to have Marky Ho here. She's so cool, so legit, and during our little preview for the podcast, she actually opened up our eyes to plenty of things. So we <laughs> feel very honored that she is gracing us with her presence today. That's pretty much all I would put on a bio. <laughs> That's everything I would put on a stage bio. Perfect. <laughs> What's your bio for stage? Go listen to this podcast, actually. I'm getting a transcript of this <laughs> Perfect. So we are recapping season one, episode five, The Power of the Female Sex. So in this, Carrie dates a handsome French architect mm. and Charlotte poses for a famous artist. Famous artist. A famous artist. A famous artist. So we start out at the new hot restaurant that doesn't serve food. Of course oh, not. It's that? a New York restaurant. Right. Yeah. And the hostess is being a bit of a bitch. And it's her ugly ass hat. Yeah. I'd be a bitch too if that was the worst hat. hat. Hmm. It's like a little, like it looks like a bowl. It almost looks like a dog bowl. <laughs> the last one did. This first one was like a like a Mad Hatter thing going on. Oh yeah, yeah. She goes through the course of several hats, and they and are all, all terrible. Each of them are bad. And then also, can we just really briefly bring up the fact that this place is called Balzac? <laughs> like, <laughs> I just can't get over that. I really like, I want to name a restaurant after like really, really weird parts of your anatomy. Like you've got Balzac and then you've got Armpit. <laughs> Welcome. We are in Sphincter. Here is our menu. I've been trying so hard to get the gallbladder and I just can't get it. Oh my God. The line is so long. Y'all, the line for colon is ridiculous. <laughs> it just winds around. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Y'all, I went to Vagina the other day. <laughs> it was tight. <laughs> okay. Oh my god, did you hear? They're closing down tonsils. They're just getting rid of them. <laughs> Both locations. <laughs> Uh, oh my god, we're new. We have to Thank you so much for listening. Uh, yeah. <laughs> god, we needed to have had a drink before. <laughs> oh no. no. Watch, listen to the first episode and you'll understand why that's not a good idea. Okay. I was just like, um, sex and sitting great. Mm, yeah, it was bad. I was sorry. Something vagina. I'm sorry, and you're welcome. <laughs> Um, so what are we, are we just going to so, go chronologically then? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I, that, Carrie has her card cut up, I go straight through, so what do you guys have? Um, well that was when she met her foreign friend, and... Amelia Bedelia. Amelia Bedelia, yeah. who, yeah, whatever her foreign <laughs> ass name is. Amalita. I just put her as Euro trash in my notes, um, and so that was... <laughs> That's what they I, refer to her in the show. Yeah, but she's not racist. No, 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 no. I mean, I am, but like not right now. <laughs> not for this particular. Not thing. this time. No, but that was the whole thing where, like, I just I remember being kind of offended that like Carrie was letting a friend that was like on her outer circle of friends pay for shoes with her two month boy two month long relationship boyfriend guy's money, and like. We were talking about this a little bit earlier, but, like, the fact that, like, 
that money was there and the fact that Harry accepted it, like, I just, I was a little bit shocked because I, like, I'm sensitive about that kind of stuff, especially when it's, like, a guy paying for something. And, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'll let a guy pay for, like, drinks or, you know, got a whistle or, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, whistle. Yeah, tapioca. I mean, <laughs> there's a list of things that I'll let a guy pay for. But, like, expensive-ass shoes that are so expensive that Carrie gets her credit card cut up, that, to me, was a little bit astonishing. Like, I, I, I'm i not, like, feminist, really, by any means. I mean, I will go a few days without shaving, but... Oh, my like, God. Like, I don't know that that, like, aligns Stop. me in any party, but I just... I don't, I really don't know that I'd be super comfortable with somebody just like paying for my shoes. Plus, can you imagine how mortified you'd be if people still, do people still cut up credit cards? I mean, I don't think they do that anymore because everybody's got an Apple Pay. What are you going to do? <laughs> let me Break have, someone's let, iPhone. Let me have your phone. I'll be texting all of your friends later. <laughs> like, give me your phone. She's like, broke. No, she can't I, go out. Honestly, like whenever I've worked in customer service, like whenever anything has been denied and it's like cut up the card, I'll just give it back to them because there's nothing they can do with it. And I'll be like, I'm sorry, it was denied. Call them. And like, yeah. it's not like you can use it again. They'll be like, no, yeah. stop. This is not working. Yeah. And, and it's, it's only, through. Yeah. And literally it was only twice in my entire like... 12 year span of customer service where it has said take the card well and that's and I'm a, like stop it like who needs to take the card clearly it doesn't work but like can you just imagine how embarrassed you would be if that like were to happen to you and they just like cut your card in the middle of a like a really nice shoe store right that, that just sounds like really savage yeah yeah like fuck you Ka-ching! and then she's like by the way they want to talk to you now it's like, really? What do you want to talk about? The fact yeah, that no. I'm not paying my bill? I'll talk to you about that later. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> oh, and then, so then right after she offers the Euro trash friend offers to pay, she like jumps straight into mentioning this guy's penis size. And I like, I, I was a little mortified about that too. Like maybe it's just cause I mean, I can't like, it's uncomfortable for me to say like penis. <laughs> like, <laughs> I wanted her to maybe like, be like, Oh yeah, he's got a small dingling <laughs> and, or like, you know, he, he doesn't have a very big boat, but the motion of the ocean is where it's at baby. Like she was just so brazen and saying, you know, like, Oh yeah, he's got a small peeper. He has a tiny little penis. <laughs> he has a tiny little penis. <laughs> But he knows exactly how to use it. Men yeah. don't lose hope. No. You just got to know how to use it. And I mean, so also I, know, make money. I feel like that's true. Like they can have a small penis, but as long as they know what they're doing, it's not a tragedy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously we're not, we're not going to debate, you know, the, the functionality of any man's junk here. <laughs> I'm just saying that if it was somebody who was in like my outer circle of friends, like an acquaintance or somebody who I just happen to know through some other people, I don't, I don't know that I would want to know about their, their relationships junk. I think she was kind of doing it to like distance herself from her man. Cause like, obviously she didn't give a shit about him. She was just using his money to pay for stuff. And it was kind of just like an, or like an exaggerated effect to be like, and look how else little I care about him. Oh yeah. This is his tiny little penis. Yeah. And then she turns back. She's like, wave to him. Wave, wave, wave. Wave, Wave, darling. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's, yeah, that's demoralizing. Oh my God, but I've done that before where I've been with some friends and I'm like, 
oh yeah, let's just talk shit for a few quick minutes. Wait, look back and smile. Smile! Smile, <laughs> They have no idea that we're talking hella shit right now. But yeah, no, that was, I, I don't know, I guess I was just a little bit like off put by this woman. Fair. Um, and I love her. She's <laughs> I want to be her. <laughs> she had an amazing rack. I'm sure somebody paid for it. But Absolutely. like, I'm not sure I would say no to something like that either. <laughs> like, just as so long as they did them both. Like, right. I don't know that I could have one of my like escorts be like, oh, I'll pay for that one. And then the other be like, I'll pay for that one. I'm like, no, you're going to pay for both. And like, yeah. both can be done at the same time. I'm just trying to fuck this shit up. Um, but then Carrie, after that situation, Carrie, Carrie goes to talk to her friends about what's the line between being a professional girlfriend, as Amadala Hussein was, <laughs> or just being like a professional and making your own money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well... Yeah. And then that brings up a really good point. And, um, you know, I've, I've definitely been in a position where I have been, uh, I guess, propositioned. And it was kind of funny how it happens. I was out with a friend who, um, and we sort of also discussed this, where, you know, you are kind of stigmatized by the, the friends that you hang out with. And what was it, Paige, that you said? Um, the, something about people. You are the people that you are with yeah, or hang yeah, out with. Yeah, you... You're the five people you hang most yeah. around. Yeah, you're who you are friends with represents who you are. Yeah, and so when I came into this situation uh, to meet, you know, two older, very wealthy gentlemen, and they were, you know, under the impression that I was with this uh, this girl, my friend at the time, who was a little bit more. Uh, uh, less inclined to say no to a good time than I was. <laughs> You're so polite. I love it. We're in our front end, like, blatant about it. Okay, so she, yeah, she was a whore. Um, but, no, but, like, I definitely kind of felt that pressure of going along with it, you know, and felt that pressure of, like, having to live up to the expectations that they had of my friend. And, I mean, the guy ended up slipping his room key onto my thigh under the table, and I put that shit right back on his hand because I mean you you kind of have to find that line and this was you know again when I was younger and uh didn't really have those kinds of lines I was building those lines for myself but you know for Carrie for somebody who is going through you know all of that stuff and and who's already established those lines it was a little crazy for me to think that like she would just go off and be all brazen and like oh yes I'm just going to sleep with these men because they're wealthy or like even this other woman you know because i've had friends who just go and sleep with like rich dudes because they're rich i just i don't know it comes back to the whole money thing again you know like i don't know that i can be with somebody just for money and it's really uncomfortable because i've been propositioned before not in a nice fancy way no (laughs) no it was straight up um i would say i shouldn't have been on them but i was 16 years old Mm -hmm. and i was on a dating website and at that time, I was working at my mom's shop, and I had a regular customer, super nice, was a doctor. And then they messaged me on the website, and they're like, oh, man, like, I've wanted to, like, have sex with you since, like, I first met you. And I was like, dude, that's weird. You're, like, 40. I was 14 when I started working at this cleaner. Oh, like, it's so weird. And then he was like, I'll legit just give you, like, $500 if you let me do things to you. Oh, my God. And, like, I was so I was so weird. I already don't like people hitting on me. Even if people are nice about it, I'm like, that makes me uncomfortable. Is Please that hitting that. Well, like, I'm just saying, that's my starting level. And this guy's just like, here's $500. Let me, like, eat your ass. And I was like, um. Oh, my God. I got hit up the other, uh, just a few weeks ago on uh, some, some, like, Tinder or something. And they were like, 
hey, I'll pay you two fifty an hour to, if I can eat your butthole. Oh <laughs> and I was God. like, I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, I was really tempted. <laughs> it had been a while. And, I mean, like, I was going to get paid for doing something I love. And, like, that's the American dream, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's not all bad. You just need to know, like, where those boundaries are. You have to question, like, am I willing to do this? It's already being such, like, a negative stigma for prostitutes. Mm -hmm. I'm all for legalizing prostitution. You can Mm -hmm. tax that shit, make a bunch of money off of it, make it much safer. Take out out the drugs from it, take out the pimps, take out the Mm -hmm. violence. You can make a fully-fledged system and tax it better schools but you have to like 2020 ladies i'm here for it um but you like that was one of the things where i was like i'm young i'm impressionable and i was like that seems like a great way to make 500 dollars. i was 16 i could have done a lot of things for 500 dollars. but i was like i'm suddenly really 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 uncomfortable and i can't do this well and like i think a lot of it comes down to like the type of person that you are too like I mean going back to my little anecdote like the the friend that I was with at the time like she's just the type of person who would do that kind of thing yeah like she could easily make a living I mean going out there and and doing that kind of stuff with uh, older rich gentlemen and you know not have the kind of like moral ambiguity or, or moral dilemma that I had with it you know and that was something that I had to find out for myself but I mean stigmas aside there is something to be said about, you know, people who can go through that, that walk of life and not have a dilemma about it, you know, mm-hmm. cause it really is. It's kind of like taxing on, you know, anybody, everybody. I mean, granted, I don't think that she'd be making thousands <laughs> of dollars for it. We're in Reno. <laughs> it's, it's not something that like, I, I think I could ever walk into again, you know, and there's definitely times where like, I've had to be like, Oh, you know, I think I, I left the oven on at home and uh, it, my cat was in it and <laughs> she's got epilepsy. He needs his medicine. I gotta go. Yeah, I have to leave. Yeah, I think had I had ever been in that situation, that's probably what would end up happening, but I never have been, which reminds me. We haven't done a status relationship update. Oh, okay, <laughs> so, perfect. Sorry. Yeah. We just kind of went into it. <laughs> so at the beginning of our shows, we like to have a rela- or relationship status update mm-hmm. where we talk about what relationships we're mm-hmm. in, if we're single, if we're not single. I'm still not single, <laughs> but it's fine. It's cool. I'm enjoying it. Paige? <laughs> still single. <laughs> Yay! So if any of you have $500 and a fetish for butts... Then don't call me. Oh, call me. Seven seven five. No, I um, I actually just declared uh, another bout of celibacy. So I'm uh, I'm doing some soul searching, some personal exploring, and getting off grid for the holiday season. Oh, oh. me too. I went dick free until January. That's my. That's I you my know life. I might go a little bit longer. I I took a few months for myself just to you know get myself put back together after a breakup. But I think that this one might be a little bit more lasting. You know, you kind of just, you have to figure yourself out before you can really devote that time to be crazy with somebody else. And, like, if I can, like, learn how to just streamline my crazy or, like, just breadcrumb my crazy so that they can, like, pick up little pieces and follow me (laughs) to the candy house that I'm living in, (laughs) I feel like that might be the way to go about it. So, yes, uh, single but not 
Not ready to mingle. No, no. I'm going to get a hermit shell and just live in that for a while. (laughs) Some HBO. (laughs) (laughs) With some HBO. Fabulous. And have a card night with the girls. Oh, yeah. Card night. Okay. (laughs) So this is where we are. Um, So basically they're having a poker night at Carrie's place in order to save money, which I don't understand because they're still spending money just on each other. Carrie's trying to get more money. Right. Does. So she's trying to take the money from her friends. I know. That's kind of shisty. I mean, Miranda's out of money and she's a lawyer, so I don't know I mean, that's, how that happened. Yeah. In my opinion, I think that's worse than having sex for money is taking money from your friends. <laughs> <laughs> the same. Well, that's competition. That's, that's fine. Fair. For me, like, okay, so in the very beginning of the episode when they're trying to get in, Miranda, or not Miranda, sorry. Um, Samantha. Samantha was saying all of that stuff about, do you know who we are? Do you know who, like, what we're, she is maybe somebody and that I am sort of somebody and all that kind of good stuff. Mm-hmm. And then she said this whole thing about, you know, Oh, well, if she were a man, she'd let us in, you know, in regards to the, uh, the hostess. And for me, like there was this whole kind of idea about like men versus women and like what kind of power that, that really has. And she touches on it, especially at the poker game when they're talking about, you know, like, Oh, well, you know, this sex is just something that you trade and money is power and sex is power. So sex for money is just an exchange of power. And, um, it was just, it struck a chord with me that they were playing poker, which is typically a masculine game, uh, mostly because nobody's supposed to talk and that's all that they're doing (laughs) during this poker game. And that they're actually like very literally gambling with power with, I mean, they could have been gambling with sex. Like there was this kind of like, I guess, metaphorical line about, you know, them being able to strategize about how they can have sex with people or sex for money or just strategize about money. But it was kind of this, uh, I guess, weird place where they could think about how to use all of their power and like collectively use it to get whatever they want. And we were talking about it. We were bringing up the fact that, like, okay, would you let someone pay for drinks? Okay, would you let someone pay for dinner? Mm-hmm. Would you let someone take you on a trip? Like, where is that line? At what point do you decide to, like, to hold your cards? You're not going to mm-hmm. take the gamble anymore? Mm-hmm. Or, like, do you just keep going and hopefully no one calls your bluff? Well, um, yeah, we even touched on that whole thing where, um, and, and I brought this up earlier, where, like, I'm the kind of person where I get really uncomfortable about, you know, money, where... Um, if I'm going out on a few dates with a guy, if he pays for the first date, you know, and all of the stuff they're in great and he better, but date number two, that's all me. Like, I don't want to feel indebted to somebody. I don't want to have to feel like I'm obligated to then, you know, give them some sort of sexual favor because they, what they paid for a $10 cocktail. Like, yeah, drinks are pricey in Reno, but uh, God, I'm not trying to sell you my soul here. (laughs) You know, just go to the patio. They're five dollars. <laughs> well, and Paige, didn't you had a whole point about you know like if some guy buys you the lobster or something? So like I, you know what I talked about her last episode, and so I feel like I'm already like everything I know I got from freezing hot. <laughs> this is actually a freezing hot podcast. This is a freezing hot podcast, but no, she has like. This this whole thing where she's like, if you buy a lobster, you have to assume that he's at least going to get like a handy, you know, like nobody wants a handy, saying, which I know nobody. And that's she says that, too. But, <laughs> but she's like, that is, though, an antiquated opinion. 
still a pretty valid thing. Like personally, I feel like I don't want to owe anybody anything. And this isn't just dating. This is literally everything. Like I had a friend who like he made a spare like mac and cheese and he just gave it to me. And I feel like I have to do something for him. Like, and I'm not going to sleep with him or anything, but like, I feel like I owe that person something. And like, that's probably just maybe part of my personality where I just feel like, I think that, I mean, a lot of people feel that way, you know, that if somebody does you a favor, you have to return the favor. But like, as far as dating is concerned, I know for me, like I got, and this is something that, (laughs) this is what my celibacy is hopefully going to rectify. (laughs) And is that, you know, if somebody's paying for something, I like, I don't need to feel obligated or indebted to them. And that's something that I really like, I try to work out, but I make it a point to, you know, try and buy something second time around, you know, or at least pay for my part of it, Mm -hmm. which is, I guess, not feminine to do. But it makes me feel less like I am... Like you owe them something. Yeah. Like they are going to expect something from you. Because I mm-hmm. would absolutely feel like a third date, if they had been paying the whole time, that they would expect something and that I would have to then deliver. Yeah. And deliver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, but I, I don't know. On first dates, I always try and pay for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they insist, I absolutely let them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll, I'll be like, oh, you want to pay if for my insist. coffee? Okay. Like the very first date that I went on after um, being separated, he didn't even offer. Like he literally just like ordered his coffee and then stood aside. And I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> and you have to, yeah, that, and that's, that's like a weird super part. awkward. So what is that balance? Cause you don't want to feel in debt to him, but he let you pay for his, your no, own drink. And yeah. And I don't, I don't owe him shit, honestly. Like I, I'm okay with that and it's fine. It was just that it was the very first one out of the gate. And like literally when I told all of my friends about it, every last one was like, do not go out on a second date with him. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, that's so true. Like there is a line between like, you know, men and women in their own gender specific, like date type roles where like the man is supposed to be charming and chivalrous and, you know, take the lead on something like a first date. And the woman is kind of just supposed to sit there and act surprised and, you know, look at the <laughs> blow up doll. I, like right. there's not... There's not really, like, an easy way of saying how a first date or a second date or any dating should go. I mean, that's so individualized to each relationship. But I will say that for me, I kind of have an expectation that if a guy is asking me to go out, first date is taken care of. Second date, I do my part to insist that I pay them back. Not because I feel like their the first date was like oh gosh you know I just feel so bad for you paying or this and that it's just a give and a take you know Mm -hmm. I don't know that I necessarily want to pay for my own portion of coffee or you pay for your own portion like if we're going out on a date like I want to pay for the date Mm -hmm. you know and I think that first time definitely should be a guy's thing and that's you know I mean that also might be an antiquated way of going about it but I will say I would never put out <laughs> with the guy who didn't pay on a first date. Yeah. I really don't think that that's, you know, like. Yeah, I didn't even want to side hug him. I was <laughs> guys, I'm not going to lie. I was a little, I was a little peeved. I'm like, first, first one right out of the gate. First one out of the gate. And 
not only did you not really offer too terribly much in regards to conversation, but you didn't even pay for the coffee that I didn't even want. God, or insist, you know, or say like, yeah, you want me to grab yours or something? I don't know. Like I, for me, I will throw my card. Like I will elbow people out of the way. Yeah, no, I mean like I'm half Asian and I just <laughs> into like little ninja stars that go straight into the card reader. Like I, I have to do that on the second date. But then, um, you know, it really brings up this whole like idea of, of obligation and expectations and what people are coming into that. So like when you come in from like, you know, oh, it's a blind date or it's a Tinder date or something, people People obviously already have their expectations, mm-hmm. but then to further it, you're now indebted to them by like being, you know, actually m- like monetarily indebted to them. Mm-hmm. And it really makes me think about, you know, like, what are you paying for? Like, am, are you paying for my drinks and then some lip sucking in the face canoodling or <laughs> are you paying for a nice evening out to then impress me so that we can go on a later date, you know, like, are you expecting something else? And Right, because, like, like you said, what is your money paying for? Yeah, yeah you're paying dinner. What do you want? Yeah. What do you Which want? Which sounds so suspicious. Yeah. Oh, I'm always suspicious of people. When I go on dates, I was like, listen, we're not going to pay for the full thing, either of us. Either one of us is going to leave the tip, and then I'll pay for the second date, mm-hmm. or you're going to pay for yours, and I'll pay for mine. I feel totally comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. I just, I think there needs to be a nice balance just because of that date, the debt thing. And, like, I'm in a relationship now where we take turns. There's not one person paying for everything. Right. And we've made it a rule, like, we're not going to go out as much because, like, one of us isn't working a full-time job right now. And so, like, it's really hard, like, if one of us is like, oh, let's go to Red Lobster, and the other person's like, I can go to Porta Sons. Like, yeah. <laughs> so we get, we, we've made a rule, like, okay, when we can go out, we're not going to down it too expensive unless it's, like, a special occasion or okay. if one of us, like, wants to treat the other person. But we make it a balance to take turns to, like, pay. And then well, whenever we go out for, like, coffee or, like, for yogurt or ice cream or anything, there's always that thing, like, okay, no, I'll pay, no, I'll pay, no, I'll pay, no, I'll pay. Just because, like, now we're at this good level where we're like, fine, you can pay this time, but next time I got it. And then as you are in a relationship, like, do you ever find that that kind of sense of, like, being indebted or being, like, there's something obligatory now that you're, uh, you know, supposed to be doing something? Do you feel that still if you don't pay for a date? Or is that something that just flies out the window when you're, like, in a relationship? I don't think it flies out the window. I think there are definitely times... It's, it's and I don't want to say reward. I feel like that's a bad word to use. Yeah. But like if we ever go on a date and then they're paying for something and the date just like went fantastic, I was like, I want to do something for them. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like and not even like take them on another date because they pay. Like I want to make them feel good. Mm-hmm. I want to let them know that I had a great time. That I appreciate the fact that they paid. And I want to let them know. I want them to feel as good as I'm feeling right now. Mm-hmm. And obviously they could be feeling the exact same way, like on my, their side of the date. But I'm like, I want to go out of my way to make sure. That that happens. Well, and we, I mean, we touched on this uh, before we, we started recording where, like, I mentioned the whole, um, you know, aspects of my life that where I've dabbled a bit into the BDSM lifestyle. I've done some reading, some, uh, some light literature. Um, but there's, I mean, there's a mentality about, you know, like a, the more dominant uh, people and the more submissive people and how people can kind of, when they hear those terms, they think, oh, you know, this dominant guy is just beating the crap out of this girl. And I mean, yeah, but, like, she really <laughs> likes it. <laughs> no, no, no. But the whole the whole idea is that, you know, like, the terms are supposed to be treated a little bit more biblically, you know? 
where dominant is a dominant person is more is, is has just as much power as a person who is in a submissive role. And I mean, the roles are equal in terms of the power and the responsibility they carry. It's just that the actual tasks that they're, you know, um, that they're given or that they, they take on are a little bit different. You know, one person is in charge of being responsible and, and beating the shit out of this person in a healthy and respectful way. <laughs> and then the other person is responsible for paying attention and listening and being careful and minding themselves to be able to say, you know, Hey, ow, please stop. Or yes, yes, daddy, keep going. Ooh, baby, baby. <laughs> Mom. Yes. <that's> yeah. <laughs> Stop with the mom. But I mean, there's that kind of, for, so I guess for me, the idea of like money being more powerful than sex is powerful is, is completely true because to me, sex needs to be an equal amount of shared responsibility and power. Money, I feel makes everything more in, like you feel more indebted to somebody than you would if you were in a sexual sort of uh, scenario that was sans cash, you know? sense i like yeah, that fair. and then actually um i'm in this club at the university it's called sex pause mm. and we had a professional dominatrix come in and she actually said that um her and her clients don't even use the words like dominant submissive Mm-mm. i forget the main word but um sh- the submissive role is actually referred to as a switch because mm-hmm. like your switch will do this your switch will do that well switch is um from what i understand is somebody who will go from one to the other so someone who will switch back and forth from being a dominant to a submissive oh i heard it a different way but I, it might just I, be like, there are a few different terms yeah. out there there's like kingster who's somebody who will do all the whole myriad of different things in one sexual encounter there's caregivers there's littles there's all kinds of crazy stuff out there yeah i mean yeah well because there's like a like a innocent child like thing it's i i've done some reading it's not supposed to be pedophilic i don't believe it i don't want to do it no thank you i don't need a butt plug under a diaper that's not my idea of a good time (laughs) um just a diaper but yeah that was that was just kind of my take on on you know money versus sex in terms of of you know power sex debt sex debt sex debt so um then we go to amelita gets carrie out of the house after card night also mm-hmm. the beautiful way that we go from card night to amelita getting her out of the house <laughs> is this shit terrible awful garbage PowerPoint presentation slide transition. <laughs> you know, you have like the star to fade from one image to the next image. They fucking did that in this like million dollar production HBO show with the fucking high heel. Ugh. Listen, I've talked trash about this show before and I'm probably going to continue talking trash, but this was one of the worst done episodes. The editing was terrible. The like, the artistic choices they took with the camera work, the angles, the transitions, the speed rate, the frame rate was Terrible. awful. Yes. No me gusta. <laughs> so they get out and so Carrie meets um, Gilles, the French architect. Gilles. Uh, Gilles. Um, he is charming, but I notice that he is definitely not checking off all of her boxes, but she's down for it anyway. It's because he's charming and foreign. Like, what do you want? Um, everything. Boxes checked off. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to check her box. He well, does. He does. And <laughs> what what was actually funny to me was the fact that this was the first, like, over-the-top, dramatic, attractive person 
that's actually been attractive in the show so far. All these like American guys are like, oh my god, they're putting me a sex, and I was like, they're fine. They look like they walked out of the '90s, and that's not a good thing. But Giel over here, being foreign, I don't know if it's because he's foreign or it's because I thought his name was Giles. But <laughs> I was just like, okay, no, Giles can get it. <laughs> He had, a, like, a really ridiculous accent. Like, I really was not... <laughs> oh, I feel like it was fake and he was American. They had to tell me he was French. Because I was like, yeah. oh, okay. That's what we're going with. Awesome. Right. So they go for a walk and he wants to see her for the whole weekend that he is here. Mm. And, like, super red flag. She knows that it's a red flag. Oh, my God. Anyway. The boa. Yeah, <laughs> they have this montage of their date. And she's wearing this god-awful bright powder blue boa and she te- she like oh. pairs it with this like bathrobe bathroom? and it's, re- it's red paisley bathrobe and the bathrobe matches like the dress she's going underneath with this giant like powder blue boa what the fuck this show is all about fashion and this fashion is awful <laughs> legitimately i feel like there are four outfits in the entire series that i like of carrie's and the rest of them are awful yes like, legitimately. All four of those outfits were her wedding dress in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought that one was also kind of gone. You didn't like the Vera Wang. Uh, I didn't like the bird. The oh, bird. that makes sense. Yeah. That's fair. The bird kind of ruins the Vera. But that, but that made sense because Vera gave her this beautiful dress and Carrie's like, but I had to make it something that said it was oh, me. spoilers. Right. So I'm going to make it fucking ugly. Yeah, <laughs> that's what she does. So before she goes on this, this montage date, um, Skipper comes to visit her as she gets oh, ready. God. And he is... Hold on, wait. I'm so sorry. It's just going to take one second. Before Skipper comes to visit, <laughs> Carrie's talking about how Giel made her feel so wonderful, like she could float through air. And another fucking comment about this show is they take the time for magical realism <laughs> and she's actually floating in the fucking air. Oh, it's awful. Dude, pick a tone and stick with it, because right now mm-hmm. you're just shitting on a TV screen and calling it art. Just because you put glitter on it. I the cherry picker so quiet <laughs> that they lifted her up on. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine having to act with that. Like, like you're like, oh my god, I'm so in love. <laughs> it just... there's, this, there's this fucking teamster behind me. Yeah, hold on, ma'am. <laughs> it's so, so terrible. Back to Skipper. So, but, yeah, so Skipper knocks on Carrie's door. She's getting ready for her date uh, and he is just tore up about Miranda he says can you be addicted to a person I feel like you can't really be addicted to a person but you can be addicted to the feeling that they give you you're addicted to a thing and yeah. if you're addicted to a person you're kind of like dehumanizing them yes um and also um the fact that you know he's pining so hard really just kind of speaks to the like the relationship that he has with Miranda and, you know, touching back on these gender specific roles, we've got, you know, Scooter who is Scooter? Skipper. Skipper. <laughs> Sorry. Some we got Cooter over here. Yeah. Got, he's got such a weird name. <laughs> like he's weird. such a weird dude. Like that's Barbie's sister. That's not a, that's <laughs> you know. So, so fake Colin Hanks. Yes. Yeah. He, he is like kind of gossip girling it with you know Carrie who I mean they're basically like these two little chums just sitting around you know talking girl talk and I kind of think that speaks to the whole idea of you know Miranda and how like she's sort of portrayed as like this masculine icon in the group like she is financially independent you know she's kind of sticking to her own guns and gives her like this sort of right to 
chastise these other women for using sex as a weapon because she doesn't need to. Like she has the money. She has her own practice or, you know, is part of a practice in a law firm. Like she doesn't need any of that stuff. And she, I mean, not that she's like ultra feminist or anything, but I think that, you know, you kind of see like these dynamics in their relationship when you skip her. Skipper. Skipper. Sorry. I'm like thinking Gilligan's Island and I'm like, that's gotta be wrong. No, but he comes to Kiri and is like, oh, she doesn't like me. I just can't shower after we do it because I like to smell her all day. Which Which is weird. Which can we just say, like, I am all for like... Basking in someone's essence. (laughs) Kind of, yes. Um, Just don't get that essence in my hair. Right. (laughs) Like, I'm all for like wearing like their sweatshirt and smelling them and stuff like that but bitch is gonna shower do you shower after every time you have sex um no but i do kind of like horror shower it a little bit after because horror hi- shower because you've never taken a horror shower what the fuck is a horror like, shower it's like you take like cloths or wipes and you just kind of like pat pat down oh yes yeah. definitely been there. yeah i usually just take care of downstairs and call it a day good that makes sense okay yeah, because otherwise infection like it's not a good idea so <laughs> okay i think all the lube and the crap in there like oh, just clear it there's out. crap in there <laughs> well back to the yeah, anal episode yeah, seriously why did i miss the anal episode hold on i'm so sorry before <laughs> transition i do want to bring up the fact that we were referring to uh, Miranda being the masculine one who kind of like mm-hmm. chastises these other girls for using sex for power mm-hmm. and she's seen the masculine role and earlier when they're when they're playing uh poker mm-hmm. that's the masculine thing she's the first one to lose because she doesn't gamble anything and she's the first one out mm-hmm. she runs out of money all these other girls are still playing with everything mm-hmm. and she does it and she's the first one out yeah so that's interesting that 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 she's putting she, yeah she goes all in out. on her on her shit yeah and she's the first one out she gains nothing from it and all the other girls are still trying to like strategize and play it. Yeah, it is. I mean, she kind of like even as the as this episode even progresses, you kind of see that a lot of her, you know, thwarting all of these like sexually or, or these gender specific barriers is kind of. I mean, it's kind of in vain. Like she's really just pushing away this nice guy. Plus, they're all complaining. All the time. Why can't I just have sex with a nice guy who doesn't want to like pay me afterwards? <laughs> like, here's this nice guy, you know, doing everything, like totally tripping over himself to be with this this woman who like has this giant stick up her butt. <laughs> Hashtag anal episode. <laughs> but she like totally dismisses him, and like I mean, honestly, it, it, you really see that a lot of like her attempts at being super masculine just get thrown. At, at nothing it's like yelling at the side of a brick wall like she is not doing anything with that masculinity but with that that brings up the question like are you in debt to someone just because they're nice well oh gosh what is that that quote from into the woods where it's like you're not good you're not something you're, you're just nice yeah yeah like it, you're not wrong you're not right you're just nice but i mean that's more of a foundation than you know, what Carrie and this French guy had. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, moving on, that was kind of where we were leading into was that uh, that hotel room. Yeah. Yes. So, um, yeah, so, so, yeah, we have the whole montage of them hanging out and... Ugly fucking boa. And she, yeah, with the boa. And she, right before they have sex, she stops him and she says, I kind of have this rule where I don't sleep with a guy that I've only known one day. 
Yeah, I've used and that one. And then sleeps with the guy. Yeah. Done that too. <laughs> <laughs> I, sorry, but when it comes to Carrie and that particular thing, like, I lose all respect for people who say one thing and do another. A hypocrite. Yes. <laughs> but when it comes to that kind of stuff, where, like, I mean, it's, it's funny if you're, like, if you've known that person a long time and you're playing a game and they know that you're totally full of shit, like, <laughs> like, that's one thing. But, like, to be like, oh, my God, I never do this. And then to just do it, like, what was the point? Just do it. Just do it. Like, save some time and just freaking do it. Well, no, I even, I wrote down here, like, it kind of, it gives her, like, a moral cop-out. Like, it makes, it pretty much puts her in this, like, you know, saintly light in front of this guy who's obviously just, you know, like, well, not obviously, we don't find out until after this. But, you know, he's, it's, like, whose benefit is that for? (laughs) Like, are you trying to make yourself look like less of a whore in front of this guy or are you trying to remind yourself that this one time that you're slipping up it's okay because you don't usually do it right like where is your line here lady and like at at that point what does it matter you're gonna do it anyways you're gonna tell your friends about it anyways like what happens if he tells you to go home he's like actually you you know what you don't do this all the time let's not break the rule tonight and you're like wait no i really wanted to have sex yeah like that's why you have to say what you fucking mean like, you know, I've had times when say I've been like, to say. when I've, I've legitimately been like, no, I made a rule that I am not, I don't want to see anyone's dick until after December ends. Like, that's, Wait, that's uh, <laughs> when December ends. And there, there was like a moment where it was getting a little rough and I stopped it and I was like, no, I have a rule. And that rule is that I don't want to see any dick until until January, so See, come back December me, 31st at 11.59 p.m. If we get to the point where I'm back in your hotel room and we're, you know, making out and doing it, like, they're done. <laughs> done. See, and that's another it's, thing. I'm like a vampire. Like, if you invite me in, it's all over. <laughs> See, and I feel like everybody has that line. For me, that line is, like, taking clothes off. Yeah. Even if I'm just like in a bra and underwear, if the clothes are off, I might as well. I mean, I'm already, <laughs> as I'm well. already there. Like, my shirt's already on the floor. It's dusty. I don't want to wear it it's right dusty. now. Like, you know, let's just go ahead and do this whole sex thing. That's where my line is. Yeah. And that's like where, where it got stopped. Was mm. It's like the top was trying to come off, and I was like, no. This is a nice boss. I don't want it to get dusty. I'm like, this is... Re- I just washed this. This is Banana Republic. <laughs> this is Banana Republic. See, I'm just kidding. It's and old my baby. line is like, right in the frame of the door, I have to decide, like, before I go from, like, the carpeted hallway to the wood floor of the whatever area I'm going into, like, I, like, I have to be like, oh, well, I know exactly what's going to happen. I know exactly how bad I'm going to feel if I have to leave this room later. So, I'm just... Gonna peace out right now. Gonna take these elevators back down to the basement floor and, uh, you know, go get drunk or something. You know, like, <laughs> I'm gonna go make see my other bad cat. decisions. <laughs> right. Yeah, my epileptic cat in the oven. <laughs> I'm gonna get that cat. Let's be real. <laughs> it wouldn't be in the oven. It'd be a stir fry. No. <laughs> She said it so we're not racist. (laughs) I mean, I told you guys, like, we can edit this. No, we're not editing. I mean, I still look fine. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I'm okay. That's all I'm here for. That's all you. So, Carrie and Gil have the a six, 
And then in the morning they wake up and fucking this trope. I'm so over it. Oh my God. Carrie's lying on her side. Her hair is like neatly done on a side part to her, like <laughs> the top part. Her makeup is beautifully done to which Paige has commented. I said, if your makeup is still completely intact after a night of sex, he didn't do it right. Girl, my eyebrows are all over the fucking pillow. <laughs> like, don't get me started. That's what I'm saying. When my eyebrows are gone, I know it was a good night. <laughs> like, I want to be missing clumps of hair the next day. Like, I don't, I don't even wear a weave. Like, and that's my ideal. But that's kind of where I'm at. Where it's like, you know, I'm, I'm on the exact same page. Like, if I'm not I, Sarah Michelle Gellar and I know what you did last summer... You did it wrong. Well, and, like, here's the thing is, like, I sleep like a rock in general, but, like, after a good night, I'm not waking up until (laughs) noon. Like, the fact that she woke up just because he was ready to leave, like, maybe her, like, internal needy clock was ticking, and she was like, (laughs) he's gone. But, like, for me, I will sleep through all of that. See, I'm a super, super light sleeper, Mm -mm. and it sucks because sleeping with somebody else is... Like it's it's awesome because you get to like snuggle and it's cute, but I I can't do it. I can't sleep all the way through the night with that person, like shifting and doing like whatever. I'm like okay, I literally can only sleep really really well if I am a hundred percent by myself. Yes, that's why I plan never to share a bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna just have those Mormon like twin beds sitting right next. I don't be in my room. Go sleep in your room. Sometimes you can like spend the night, but like for the most part. Let me have my space. I need it to be completely black. No TV, no radio, no nothing. And I'm gone. See, for me, like, if I wake up the next day, my face is, like, buried so deep into the pillow. And I will peek at you with one, like, (laughs) unmakeup eye. And just, like, oh, how's it going? Like, I can't have somebody, like, I, because I get so deep into my sleep that, like, by the time I'm actually waking up, like, it really, like, I might be some sort of nighttime creature like I feel like I'm coming out of like a coma first like I have to like put, pull the hair off of my face and like and I mean it's not a pretty sight so the fact that she like I I, I will not wake up before whoever I'm sleeping with and I will not go to the bathroom to touch up my makeup so like just be a, this is a warning to every and all people who will listen to this and pass this on to their friends if you see somebody and they want to be with me, let them know that they will wake up to a troll. An actual troll. I'll make them answer three riddles. <laughs> see, for me, you want to get into this vagina again? Three riddles. Here yeah. we go. <laughs> for me, it totally depends on who the person is. Like, mm-hmm. if it's somebody that I might be kind of trying to impress, I'll freaking leave, like, in the middle of making out and be like, do I have eye crusties? Like, am I okay? Am I, let me check this out right here. And I, again, I'm a super light sleeper, so I will 100% go and draw on those eyebrows before getting back oh, into bed. Your Christian wig and fucking bridesmaid. I will fucking do it. I will. I'll be like, oh my god, this just I happened. mean, to be fair, this is if I've stayed the night. Yeah, I was going to say, like, aren't you kind of just out Ooh. before the sheets are dry? Yeah. I'm like, okay, his breathing slowed. Just gonna, just gonna slip <laughs> out of these. <laughs> yeah. Tiptoe out the door with my purse and my heels in one hand and then an eyelash like over on your wrist or your fucking eyebrow no i'll just leave that for (laughs) that like remember me (laughs) see in this i was just talking to somebody about this the other day i'm sick of like doing my own laundry and having to clean up all that shit like i'm gonna fuck on somebody else's bed (laughs) i like why can't 
sleep on your bed and you get left with a wet spot and I can go home to my nice clean bed and just sleep. Like, I'm tired of bringing it over to my place. Mm-mm. I don't like it. I'm like, don't, don't you have a place? I can't even remember the last time I had a guy over at my place, to be quite honest. Like, that is one thing that I just won't let happen because I, like, that's not somewhere that, where they need to be. You want me to clean the laundry that you got dirty. That's not fair. And we just went over gender-specific roles. Like, I'm not doing it. That's unfair. See, I always, like, the, they always have roommates or something, and I don't want to fuck with somebody else in the apartment. I think it's so funny. I have two guy friends that live together. And one of them actually just got, like, a new girlfriend. They're super excited. They're in the honeymoon phase. And I went over to the house one day, and they got, like, really drunk. And then the one who doesn't have a girlfriend was like, yeah, no, it's so nice. She's super nice. She's super nice. She also makes a lot of sounds when she's fucking. <laughs> and my friend was like, oh, I, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that you heard that. He's like, don't have sex when I'm here. She's loud. Like, good for you. You're obviously digging her down really good. But not when I'm here. I'm trying to sleep. I work at a hospital. See, and that, yeah, that's one of my biggest problems. I should probably just carry around a ball gag in my purse and be like, this is for your roommate. (laughs) No, but that's, like, I've definitely been in that position before where, like, wake up the next day, you walk out, and they're like, Hey! <laughs> <laughs> like, how was last night? Mm. Do you have any uh, feathers in your teeth? Oh, no, you wouldn't because you didn't bite the pillow. <laughs> you noisy bitch. See, and I feel like noise is so freaking essential to let them know that you're enjoying yourself. Like, I've had sex with guys that you would think that they weren't even there. Like, they're oh. not even breathing hard. I'm like, are you <laughs> like Buddha our way through this sex like I like I'm not I obviously I'm not like a super loud person I'm an introvert like but when I'm having sex like I want to enjoy myself and I want to hear him enjoying himself yeah and to me that's like important like it doesn't need to be like screaming and tossing yourself around and overacting like oh that's oh, all dude. yeah that's oh, all man. <laughs> like on purpose or like is that just your genuine reaction just, my sex life is best described um as you know seen from the the exorcist <laughs> 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 your mother sucks cotton <laughs> That's why we don't get second dates. <laughs> TBH, there is an Exorcist porn parody. Oh, God. And it's in my queue, and I'm kind of really excited to watch it. One of the lines Ooh. that the priest says is, I have to fuck the devil out of you. Yes. And, like, t- <laughs> tell me that you're not going to watch that, and then try to see if you can use that somewhere else. Yes. Fuck absolutely. the demons out of you. I'm going to fuck the demons out of you. I will use that. I love porn parodies. Absolutely. They're my favorite. Oh, my God. Yeah, they're the, kind of the best. That's going to be another thing on one of those cards I'll give you guys. <laughs> the devil out of you <laughs> but yeah like I, I completely agree having sounds during sex is really good when it's quiet you're just like is it good are we, are we fine are, are we, we good are we okay are you okay but I put someone who's like narrating some, like, like that sex narrating. I hate the narrator I hate the narration I hate the like oh my god that's good right there oh yeah oh, keep do doing that do, mm, yeah. do you really like yeah. jobs my tick is in your mouth. Could you make shut up? <laughs> oh, hey. I'm really amazing. <laughs> I'm not sure I wrote my blowjob. <laughs> I've never done this before. <laughs> <laughs> like, why are you asking me these questions? 
like it sucks. You need to be moaning and you need to be telling me like when to like stop or when to go faster. Like, like See, things for me, like that. Yeah, that's, like, what, that's that's the, the only the fun part of it where you get to like direct them. Like, mm-hmm. ooh, right there. Keep going harder, softer. Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah, and that's totally that's different. And I'm behind that, but I'm not behind the whole like you know. So what do you think, Westworld after this? Like, oh. no. Oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah. Like people that like have legitimate like full on conversations. I've like never are had ridiculous. a conversation like that Me either. Although to be fair, there was there was a time where I like completely stopped dead once because. Somebody in the alleyway was playing the song that I was just talking about before we started having sex. And I, I like, remember you telling yeah. me that. And I like legit popped up and I was like, oh my god, this is the song. <laughs> slammed him on the shoulder like, this is the song, this is the song. Like, oh, I was super excited god. about it. And then we went back to doing what we were doing. And I'd be curious if he was like about to nut the second he did that. Like, this song, like, ah, this is a great song. I think like laughing or like playing around or like, you know, making it a fun yeah. kind of funny experience like it's weird being yeah. naked and getting things touched and stuff like that. It's <laughs> a, it, like you can like talk and laugh and be like you know hey there sailor and I mean don't actually like be a sailor because that's <laughs> way too much semen in one room for me um, damn I gotta throw away that laundry oh god <laughs> damn there goes my cruise <laughs> No, but, like, I think that, you know, there's there's a line definitely to be towed. Like, everybody, I remember I used to, like, it was just loud. There was no, like, dialogue, you know. But you kind of, like, once you find your your niche, you get a little bit more comfortable being like, nope, no, you're, you've, you missed. Don't put that there. <laughs> or, yes, right there, please. You're trying way too hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And See, and I, I really, I don't want to talk to the point where I will just adjust around them. Oh mm, no! And if I'm they not try and move, I'll be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right there. I'm like, you're in the right place. Do not try and vary your. No, this is it. This is. I'm guiding you to your location. I feel really bad. I was having sex with someone, and like, it was great sex. It was fantastic. We were about to hit the climax. And I got a cramp in my thigh. Oh, God. That's the and best. It, no, I hated it. No. Because it was like the hurtful and it like crawled up while I, I was on my knees. Oh. And so all I, like, we're about to climax. And we're like, oh, man, we're so close. And then I hear, go, I go, ah! <laughs> and then I like, fall over. And they're like coming. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. And I was like sobbing because it hurts so bad. I'm, like, are you okay? And then they're laughing. I'm laughing oh and God. crying. No, that's I, and it was, I it was love so when funny. That happens because then you have to like you have to hold it out. <laughs> like it makes me laugh so hard. I'm like, don't even think about moving. <laughs> and like that's the, and that's the like fun part about sex where it yeah. doesn't have to be like right. grunts and like moans the entire time. Like you can have fun. Yeah. Well, and then I mean, okay, so yeah, going back to the episode where like Mer- uh, Carrie's just on the like she was on a really good date. Like yeah, they you were know, cute. like they were clicking, and she even said you know after the fact when she had uh, uh, Samantha. And Miranda over for <laughs> for room, for room service. service. She was saying all this stuff anything. about like you know, oh yeah, we like I thought we really hit it off, and then she just finds all of this money, and I'm like, for, I mean, for me, like that would be a little bit of a slap in the face more so than anything else. Like one, you know, because you just found out that uh, you're an unintentional prostitute, and two, like who is that nice? To their hooker. Yeah. Who is that nice Frenchman? Yeah, Europeans. Uh, just, I don't understand that at all. 
He also put up with a lot because he put up with that nasty ass feather boa. That's really that that should have been if that should have been evidence one that he was like. But that's it. just money poorly spent, in my opinion. Yeah, like that's... if he wanted no boa, he could have paid for no boa. <laughs> I'm just saying. Somebody Here's a hundred dollars. Please completely. don't put that. Please get that off of your damn neck before I ring you with it. I don't want that in my hotel room because <laughs> that's no. garbage. But then there's that whole conversation that they're all having, you know, and this is it kind of going back to what Miranda. Miranda, how Miranda is just sort of the man in the relationship because she is lecturing all, you know, Samantha and Carrie about how she's like, oh, well, I'm just this, like, you guys shouldn't have to do that. Or like, you guys don't need to be obligated to do all of this stuff. Or like, you need to find him and sue him or something. Like, basically making it kind of Carrie's fault in, in sort of a way and also like she toes this weird line of being on Carrie's side and then also telling Carrie like well what the fuck are you gonna do hmm. and I, like you can kind of see like this weird place where maybe the writers are trying to find out <laughs> how strongly you know she needs to react to a situation in a masculine or a feminine role you know I mean, granted, anybody can struggle with that, but like we definitely, you see a lot of that coming through in that episode or in that part of the episode, right? And it's still just the, the fifth episode in the series, so there is a lot that they need to suss out as far as personality is concerned, and that's really the only reason why I can kind of forgive Charlotte for posing for this artist. <laughs> Perfect. So <laughs> this next scene, straight out of Texas Chainsaw. <laughs> so Charlotte, this entire episode, has been incredibly excited because this famous painter is coming down to visit her gallery. And he comes down to her gallery, invites her back to his like private farm in upstate New York. And she's like, uh, hell yeah. And that's where her part of the episode comes in. Like, what if he like wants me to sleep with him? It'd be really great if you feature something in my gallery because then my gallery would get like super promoted but also like would I cross those levels Mm. so she goes to his farm and he's like let me show you all my paintings and they go into this like dimly lit barn and you're like okay like some people work outside of their homes that's fine he closes the door behind her he closes a sliding barn door a sliding barn door and then she's just like this is cool I'm having fun where's the paintings and then he's like let me walk you over here and like he's an old guy like he fucking he twisted. super super long white hair like platinum just right. super long like white hair. in like, a ponytail in a long ponytail. it's a high pone too mm. it's, yeah mm-hmm. it's basically cody cannon in about 30 years <laughs> and she's walking in and he's like let me show you my art and at this point the fact that like charlotte who's like scared of everything doesn't take risks doesn't do anything isn't just like uh give me the fuck out of here because she was freaked out at the card game so yeah. why is she just like oh it's okay let's it's go fine. where are and the children he shows the her all of these pictures painting uh, paintings uh, sorry and it is called the, the power of the cunt hello hbo <laughs> man it was beautiful and charlotte does not like the c word as carrie narrates but like the entire time he's like i painted all these cunts you look like you have a good cunt. And I was like, oh shit. Okay. Uh, like, <laughs> Mr. Miyagi trying to fuck. Right, right. And, and super cute. It's based off of her personality. Type. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was telling these guys how, I mean, I, so, okay. Let me just put this into some perspective. When she walks in and you see this gallery of cunts hung up on the wall. Is that like, like Mitt Romney's binder full of women? <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> and so, or, you know, maybe just a family portrait of the Trumps. <laughs> oh! <laughs> so she walks in and she sees this gallery of cunts and they're all, you know, painted in different colors with different themes. And I'm sure it's a very artistically done. It's, it's very George O'Keefe. Oh God. Yeah. So beautiful. Uh, the brush strokes. Mm. <laughs> but I was telling these guys how... <laughs> it came up that, you know, like, have you ever, like, looked at other other people's hoo-hahs or, you know, like, other other people Doodle naked? Bots. Yeah. And I, I said, no, like, I have, and I've done, like, a looky-loo or a peaky-pie um, where, because, like, I'm curious. Like, I don't see women my age not in porn naked. So, like, I want to just, like, I've been curious about, like, is everything cool? Like, is everything anatomically, like, am I am I good to go? Like, does this third nipple really, like, put me aside? Or, you know, <laughs> does, does this, like, de- this tail that I have, like, is it really, like, is it going to be okay? The, the, do, is this third clitoris really just going to be... Is this overkill? Yeah, fucking overkill. third clitoris. <laughs> and so... I like I've, I mentioned that I have looked up uh, different charts. Like there are different <laughs> charts of different types and I guess styles of vaginas, and like some of them have like descriptions. Like, oh yeah, this is what your vagina says about you, and this is the type of vagina like that you have, and like the man that you can lure with it, or like <laughs> basically horoscoping your pussy. Horse. Oh my god! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. Fantastic! What kind of vagina? What your what your vagina says about you? A personality yes. quiz. Yeah, I'll just wait for the BuzzFeed article to come out, and I'll just someone else has to come out with it first. A BuzzFeed can steal it. Exactly. Yeah. What your vagina says, or like what your your pubic hair says about you, like the style that you have. Of Mine's braided. Pubes. What does that mean? <laughs> I have cornrows. That means you're hippie garbage. Kind of looks like a Q. <laughs> yeah, like the pubes are a circular like, shape, and like I just let the penis be the Q. Like line up. I've always wanted to get mine in the Star of David. Like, I'm, you guys are laughing. No, I'm so serious about this. Oh my god, why? Because you can go on JJ and be like, "Hey, babe." I mean, is that so wrong? Like, <laughs> One sexy Jewess looking for love. Yes. The, no, I'm not even Jewish. I just really <laughs> like the Jewish people. Is that blasphemous? I don't know. <laughs> There's it's fantastic. Is, wait, the Jewish guilt that would overflow onto that man. <laughs> I swear to you, he would run so far so fast if he was a good Jew. If he was a bad Jew, he'd be deep into that shit. Yeah, bad that's Jews. all I want is bad a bad Jews. Jew. Mm-hmm. Well, so, uh, Marquis' phone number is 775. <laughs> <laughs> Just call me before midnight. <laughs> Speaking of, real quick, before we change, how do you feel about the word cunt? Is it bad for you? Um, cunt, for me, I you know what? I Like, okay. <laughs> here's here's my take on cunt. Tell me. Is uh, I when I first I remember the first time I ever learned uh, about that word, and I was I think like ten or twelve, and I was walking uh, back to my house with a couple of older girls uh, who were from just family friends, and they said something. Oh, this and this, and that girl's a cunt. So like my first, and I, they wouldn't tell me what it meant. I, I later went and asked my mom, mom, what's a cunt? <laughs> and she was like, don't ever say that. <laughs> so like automatically right from the get go, like it's not been something that was a good thing to hear or something that was associated with anything good. And I've definitely called women cunts and 
objects, cunts, and things, cunts, usually in a negative setting. Like, if I can't buckle my seatbelt, I'm like, this cunt, mother, <laughs> are you kidding me? But, I mean, like, as far as, like, a vagina, I don't know that I've ever really associated it with, you know, a vagina. For me, it was more just, like, a slur. So, um, I don't know that it was ever anything that I was, like, against, per se, because it got out what I was feeling at the time. <laughs> You know, like it was just a strong enough word. Yeah, yeah. It and it like I think coming up into this generation too. <laughs> I'm a millennial, by the way. Just throwing that one out there. Um, there's kind of like this whole idea that language doesn't have to necessarily mean one thing or the other. It kind of just means what it means to you. And there's like definitely an older generation or an uh, older generation of people who have these ideas about what those words meant previously and not what they mean now. Like queer. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like, there are some people who don't like the word queer or, um, you know, gay. Like, they, I've heard of people who just want to be called homosexual. Yeah. Interesting. But there, I mean, that just comes down to the person, like, where you came from, where your roots are. For me, it's, it's more just a swear word. Yeah. For me, it's absolutely calling a, another female a bad word. <clears throat> would you never call a boy a cunt? No, I would never call a boy a cunt because there's so many other words you can use for boys. Um, but honestly, like, I, and I'm, I reserve it for special occasions. If I call somebody a cunt, you know I really, really, really hate them. That's interesting. If someone called you a cunt, would, like, would you like throw some palms? I think that I wouldn't, I wouldn't assume that it means the same to them that it does to me because it is so... Like transitional, like you said, like you know, Marky says it to her seatbelt. So, like, <laughs> so, and clearly she doesn't hate the seatbelt. The seatbelt's trying to save her life. Like you know, it's one of those things where. Well, I never asked for my life to be saved. Let's just put that one out there. God, it's the law. Why are you trying to control me, car? But you know, it's just it's it obviously does not hold the same weight for Marquis as it does for me, mm -hmm. and so I'm not going to assume that it's going to hold the same weight if somebody else calls me one. Got it. But I will definitely be like, that's a really strong word in my opinion, and I want to know what the fuck I did to you. <laughs> what the fuck? I turned into Christopher Daniels. What the fuck? <laughs> so wait, what about you then? I will. I'm one of those people, one of those millennials mm. that w words don't mean words mean different things for different people. Yep. I think if you don't want to be offended by a word, you cannot be offended by a word, which is also really difficult because as someone's intention behind the word is what really sells it for me. Mm -hmm. So like that's why I don't like when parents are like, "Don't say fuck" to like your little kids. Like you can say fudge or something. I was like, yeah, but they still mean the same thing. So like why does shortening the word or like changing the spelling of it change anything? The intention is still there. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I will say I have a 10 year old brother. Um, and if he were to just, you know, stub his toe on something and scream out shit, like that's not okay. But like why? Because, and I'll explain this as best as I can. I was raised where you were respectful of the people around you and certain words just didn't belong in the mouths of, you know, like younger children. Like my grandparents, very traditional kind of older folks. Like my grandpa was the VP of a distribution company for, you know, a, a really long time and, you know, just did the things 
in the proper sort of way. My grandma was very much in the same setting. You know, she grew up with four other siblings and they had very like, not strict parents, but, but very traditional parents mm. and raised them very in a very traditional setting. So that's just how I was raised. And I know that if I, I mean, my brother will say sometimes like he'll say fricking and I like, I do a double take. It really, it's weird to hear it coming out of his mouth. Mm -hmm. Even if he were to say something in a similar setting, um, but changing the words, I mean, there's something a little bit easier for me to hear out of his mouth. So if I hear a kid saying like, oh, shoot, it's just more innocent. Okay. I feel like if he were to say shit, it's him being much older and not understanding the weight that those words can carry for other people. That makes sense. Okay. Um, With me, like with the word cunt, I... I wouldn't call someone a cunt, or, or maybe at least not to their face. <laughs> but I wouldn't do it just because I know that like it means different things for different people. Yeah. And like I, I don't think it's that bad of a word. Like if I call you a bitch or if I call you a cunt, it's the same thing. I'm, you're being a fucking asshole. Yeah. And so like that's how I would feel. But I know that someone would take it worse than I intended. So I was trying to make light of it. So I'm like, oh, that person was kind of cunty. Mm-hmm. Like, oh man, she's like. <laughs> She's kind of like cuntish. Mm-hmm. Like he's being he's being kind of. You cuntish. just throw like an ish or an e at the end of it. You're golden. Right. Like oh yeah, you're just a little bitchy today, aren't you? Mm-hmm. I, I was about to throw out the n word like oh. as it, and then I was like, no. I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. Yet. Oh, don't, let's not get into that. <laughs> I mean, I'm racist, but I don't want to get hit. <laughs> God. <laughs> Guys, we're terrible. All right, let's, let's rein it back into um, Charlotte getting her cunt painted. Um, the wife comes in and offers her like lemonade and cookies. She's kind of adorable, and then she oh was like, "I God. bet you have a beautiful cunt, dear." I that died. made it worse. I, thought I it was love hysterical. her. <laughs> she was super cute, and then he, the artist, offers to like. He's like, "Can I paint your vagina or your cunt?" And like she like she's looking at the wife like, yeah, I didn't do anything. Your husband approached me about this, and, and the wife's and the just wife like, just so sweet, and she's just like, absolutely, yeah, like you you should do it, like encouraging her. I, I like, like that was almost like uh, it was like watching like Aunt Gertrude be like, oh honey, right. your vulva is charming, it's like just the best. God, I want to throw a doily over your labia, <laughs> like. <laughs> No, that's gonna be the top. That's gonna be like the cover of my first album. <laughs> right, it's a doily over God, I mean, Her. I just, I couldn't. Uh, I don't know. Could you ever do something like that? Yes, literally, all I want is to be a nude model. <laughs> that's all I want in life. Like, what? Do you want me to like spread some cheese? You want me to like uh, stretch out the scrotum? What do you want? <laughs> I got down you. to the knee. Down to the knee. <laughs> Do you want me to like carry a baby in it like a kangaroo? I can do it. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) What'd you want? (laughs) But well, I mean, Paige, would you? I mean, would you ever do something like that? Just spread eagle? I no, I'm not comfortable enough in my body to be naked in front of pretty much everyone. Like, I have to be in an exclusive relationship to even get to the point where you're seeing my boobs. Like, really? Yeah. I mean, unless like your friend, obviously, and we're like changing in. Like, and you're taking a peaky peak. Old Navy or whatever. Like, I don't care. Twitter question: Do you guys take tiki, peaky t- peaky peaks <laughs> at your <laughs> changing friends? Have you ever been like, oh, he's a dangler? Alrighty. Have you ever looked at her and be like, oh, her boobs are lopsided? That's cool. <laughs> Let us know. We swear on Chanel on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I, I, don't know why I leaned in. 
Actually, I have this an entire... Fun. So I have a Samsung, and uh, I... God, I don't know if I want to say this in case I get hacked, but I have an entire folder <laughs> full of nude photos. Of yourself? Of me. <gasps> yes. Me too! <laughs> I have an entire cache of them. <laughs> and, I mean, I've definitely sent some out uh, here and there, you know, depending on the situation, but there was one time uh, where I actually... Uh, this is awful. I don't know that I want this out on me. <laughs> don't say it. What the fuck? No, what's more than going to do anything? I know. I'm just wondering. Um, no, but like I've sent some, some out here and there and like other people, I know that, you know, other people have seen them unintentionally. And I mean, for me, like I wouldn't send them out if I didn't approve of them. Obviously. <laughs> obviously. You worked really hard for those. But like, I don't know that I could like sit there and like just legs spread for like an eight hour setting like yeah. like take a photograph and then paint off of that i would need I'm like tired. one of those squirt bottles just to keep things <laughs> from like drying out put yeah. <laughs> some cocoa butter yeah i mean on the plus side if you really feel like you need to air out like that's the way to do it just have somebody draw it. Well, like, you know what? We're already here. Mine is a barn. What if a fly crawls in there? Oh, just net it. Net the whole thing. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, this is so awful. Yeah, no, Second Twitter question. Would you let someone paint your genitals? Not paint your genitals, but make a painting of your genitals. Let us know. God. Uh, I think that'd be so fun. Like, I don't have a vagina. So I think that'd be different because like I think Wait, since when? <laughs> well, <laughs> 2002 was a really. <laughs> I switched football teams. A lot of things just went south. <laughs> um, but like even with that, I've sent nudes out that aren't sexual nudes. They're just like me naked, and my friends have seen me naked. Like it's not. I'm not hard. It's not meant to be sexual. It's just like. I'm naked. This is the photo. This is where you caught me. So I feel like I would have an easy time with letting someone like paint my genitals because I'd be like, this is the same thing. This is fine. I mean, none of mine have been artistic in any sense of the word. Like, oh, mine artistic. It's just not even. I got lighting. Yeah, you're you're artistic because I get your Snapchats and nine times out of ten, I'm like, is this Joe Daniels' ass? I can't wait to find out. J D M O N T E two (laughs) five on Snapchat. See, and that's the thing is that like mine are I'm. The only thing artistic about these photos uh, is how I can make them look real, real sexy, still just being this. Like, I'm like, okay, let's work these angles. Like, okay, yeah, let's bend over this way and twist that way. Like, some of them I'm, like, in very contortion-esque sort of poses where I'm like, how did I put my head... My foot and Jesus Christ, <laughs> I was so flexible in my younger days. <laughs> I don't even know why I still keep them. I think it's just like it's fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's nice to look back on on my younger years, especially like if you the really good photos <laughs> that you're proud of. You want to be like, I'm good. This is good. I did something okay here. Yeah, like ten out of ten. I wouldn't bang me, but like <laughs> <laughs> it's not a Trident commercial. I'm not either. that confident. <laughs> But, like, I look good. At least a blowy. (laughs) But, I mean, mean, that kind of just comes back to, like, then Charlotte puts her vagina out on display in this art gallery, and her friends are, like, whispering to each other, like, oh, which one's yours? Which one's yours? Is it this one? Is it that one? Which, by the way, like, even if 
you are such good friends with somebody and you haven't seen their vagina, like, how are you supposed to know what their vagina is supposed to look Personality like? Personality type. Exactly. <laughs> you have to pull out your chart. We're going to look some <laughs> up and horoscope. just attach it to this podcast. <laughs> Let's create the horoscope. What your vagina says about what you. What your vagina is supposed to say about you. Yes. Yeah. The penis is in retrograde right now. <laughs> oh, until that's, that's January. <laughs> I'm just thinking of like an idiot. (laughs) Listen, it's cold season. Which also reminds me, I don't know if you want to see a penis in January. Maybe wait till like March or like wait till it warms up a little bit. Yeah, wait till somebody can trim the hedges. (laughs) It's fine. Wait till we thaw. You will until we thaw out. Yeah, it's just an icicle right now. You'll shank yourself. It'll be the Titanic all over again. I think I'm just gonna give it up for the next year. <laughs> the way we're talking about it. Oh my god! Follow Paige's blog for her celibate year. <laughs> oh my god! There's actually there's a book that I own about a lady who did like become celibate for a whole year and like the things that she learned and it was actually really interesting. I can't think of what the name of it is now, but we'll attach it to the blog or the podcast. Yeah, I'm wondering. I mean, I'll read the book. I don't know that I'll get through it. <laughs> As well as she did, but... Let's start a book club. Yeah. <laughs> book club. Book club. Yeah. Okay, everybody lock your chastity belt and come on over click, the pages. <laughs> and I know it was a really good book, um, but it's... Yeah, I don't think that I could ever... Like, I have realistic goals. I have until January. Did she know? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I'm not setting myself up for failure here. Like, no. Did she count masturbation as part of the celibacy? I like, th- no masturbation at all either? I think she did. <gasps> Ew. What no, about- no, 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 no. That was not part of my agreement. No. <laughs> what about if you're, like, riding a motorcycle? I mean, that's a totally different story. <laughs> <laughs> that's something that you have no control over. I think riding a motorcycle is a little bit different than riding a washing machine. <laughs> like, uh, intent. Yeah. <laughs> it's also hard for boys because, like, you just wake up in the morning, you roll over, and you're like, mm, this is nice. This, mm, this, this, is, this feels good. This is fun. <laughs> Shit, I have to pee. I'll be back. <laughs> yeah. so, um, so, they still can't get into mm. Balzac is the next scene. Um, Amelita is there and invites slash tempts Carrie into international prostitution once more. And been there, done that. (laughs) And then she gets out of it. So she makes a quick decision. She walks away, walks into the bathroom where ugly hat hostess. (laughs) <laughs> needs a tampon and you think that she would store them in that ugly fucking hat right <laughs> <laughs> it's like Hermione's bag just full of little bit of things she's like uh, what do you need here she's got just it. Here. in it shoulder deep like yes. Mary Poppins in here. yeah <laughs> it kind of did it looks almost like a pillbox sort of Mary Poppins hat she's actually Mary Poppins oh my god that explains why she's so snooty in her bitchier years yeah her formative bitchy years <laughs> after she hits menopause she's like fuck oh my god. I don't want to sing right now shut the fuck up take your fucking medicine go the fuck to sleep I don't give a fuck and it is it is really interesting to see that like now she's indebted to her because she gave her a tampon. There's this balance of power, and then all of a sudden they can get a table. But I will say, like, for for women to connect like that, like, that's, I mean, that's women connecting. Like, that is a bonding moment. Like, it's not that, okay, now she gets a table. I feel like you give that woman a tampon, she's going to give you a table 
for the next four to six months. You saved her life. Yeah. yeah. No, seriously. Yeah. And she that's the thing she used... remembers, like, the kind act of that kind act that you just did. And even it, like she was treating her like shit the entire time. And she was like, mm-hmm. you still went out of your way. Thank you so much. Yeah. But I feel like with men and with dating, like, it's, it's almost a little bit different where you're like, you can't just give a guy a tampon and expect him to, like, you know, trip over himself to, you know, put a ring on it. Guys are also dumb. Guys would look at a tampon and be like, what the fuck? Well, a, a metaphorical tampon. <laughs> Whatever yeah. that metaphor is. Yeah, there's nothing that, like, is the equivalent. You know, like, you can't really help a guy out in that sense. But I don't think that they're as complicated as women either. I think mm. you can just be friends with a guy right off the bat. Like, he's not going to immediately judge you and be a dick unless there's something wrong with him, I would think. Mm, I'm a judgy and I'm also a dick. Well, then I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> but you're honest. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I see what you're saying, but there's, I like, for me, you give a girl a tampon and she will see you at it. <laughs> like, you, know, you lead a horse to water. <laughs> yeah. No, um, but it's one of those things where, like, that that's such a like, integral part of like female bonding and i think that that kind of like give and take is a little bit different than what we've been discussing as far as you know money and sex and stuff like that it's almost not pure but it's it's a little bit more forgiving as far as like the limitations on it you know there's not like a set amount of of favors to be given out or to do this or to do that like one nice act begets another nice act i'm not saying that's how it is for all women i'm just saying that you know it's nice that we kind of see that sort of shared collective women friendliness going around i mean i've been there i've given people tampons and they did nice things for me and we still keep up like still buddies because of one unfortunate bloody incident (laughs) one missed opportunity (laughs) (laughs) you are terrible (laughs) I I mean I'm not I'm not the best yeah that's fair but yeah so again this doesn't really seem to have much of a conclusion as far as like we talked in the last episode about being Americans and needing like a beginning middle end and like a nice clean like story and it's just kind of like, you know, what are we, what are we supposed to really learn from this? And I think that we've gathered more from talking about it mm-hmm. than they ever actually put into the episode. And that's so exciting. That's so much fun. Cause that's what we set out to do. Yeah. And like, we're, we're killing it. <laughs> Especially having Marquis here. Who's like bringing in new thoughts that like, I definitely didn't even consider to begin with. Like this has been so much fun. And that's what this show is for. Mm-hmm. Like to sit around with your gal pals and then being like, did you watch the latest episode of sex in the city? They talked about this. Well, like, what do you think? Yeah. Well, what do you think? Yeah. Like, and it club. brings up like, yeah, book club. And like, what do you think of the word cunt? And like, it, it starts conversations. And I think that's what makes sex in the city. Great. Well, I, yeah, no, I haven't talked about this kind of stuff in, like, a really long time, and it's nice to be able to just kind of, like, reaffirm my own beliefs by saying, like, oh, yeah, I still believe this. That's right. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me, guys. Well, you're always welcome on our podcast. We're incredibly excited to have you today. Yay. And so before we sign off, we did say that we were going to cover one more topic in the last episode before. <gasps> we, we did. So. Oh, anal? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can you can diatribe on anal if you, if you feel the need. We have we have talked about it. So. No, no. And now presenting anal, a monologue by Mark. Perf. <laughs> it's gonna be a song. It's just gonna break out just buttholes. 
<laughs> lick it right, lick this good, suck this pussy just like you should. <laughs> she beat you to it. He was playing a, a, an imaginary guitar that whole time. I just want everybody. <laughs> it was a banjo. Oh, sorry. I thought it might have been a lute. It was a banjo. It's lower. It's lower. <laughs> no, this was just like the strings on my scrotum that I was playing. <laughs> Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Paige, I'm sorry. <laughs> what were you guys going to touch on? So we wanted to talk about sex with friends. <gasps> oh. What do you think? A oh, monologue. Am I starting? Yeah. <laughs> I, can, I mean, I can, sorry, start, sorry. I can start a little bit. Yes, so please. I am very conflicted on this, which is why I wanted to talk about it. Because there are certain friendships where... I feel like it couldn't hurt, like, the friendship to have sex. Like, you would be evolved enough that you could have sex and be like, okay, that's cool, and go about your day. Where there is this friendship, but there's this, like, hole where romance should be. Like, friends with benefits? Not even, like, friends with benefits, just, like, casual sex with friends. Like, it it just happens, and it's no big deal. And... Like, it's just such a... It's an interesting concept to me because, like, I've I've never really done it. But it just seems like something that could potentially happen and be okay. But, off, like, so many emotions are involved when it comes to sex. Like, mm-hmm. like I said, I don't take my clothes off for anybody. Like, I'm very reserved. I'm not the type of person that's going to have sex without some sort of feeling. And is, like, are you just going to kind of lose your mind and start having romantic feelings for this person, like, as soon as you have sex with them? Or is it going to be, like, ruining the friendship? So, okay. Um, I think that there's two different kinds of things here for me. Um, There's friends pre-sex and friends post-sex. So, like, pre-coital, post-coital friendships. I think that if you're friends, and I've been in a relationship type of setting where I was a friend, uh, really good friends with somebody for a long time, and then we began having sex, and then it kind of blossomed into something else. So, I actually, I there's another friend of mine who, um, years ago, uh, back when, you know, I was still young and virginal and naive, had mentioned, you know, you can't have sex with, like, the whole Harry Met Sally thing. Like, you Mm -hmm. can't be platonic with somebody after you've had sex with them a number of times. It's already out there. And that's the thing is, like, I discovered, you know, I was falling harder and harder for this person the, the longer that I let it go on. So there is that part of it. Now, I, I don't, uh, it's nice to think about. (laughs) It's a nice idea to try out, but I would say that post-coital friends and post-coital friendships are easier to maintain if the sex is off the table. I think that as long as you guys have the option for sex, there's an option for more. And even if you draw hard limits and you say, this is what I want for right now, I mean, people are constantly changing, evolving who you are, who you identify as the things that you like in this moment are not going to be the same things, you know, 10 days from now, 10 years from now. So as far as having sex with friends, I would love to do it. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? I would love that. I just don't think that it's possible as, as far as like being with somebody consistently 
because you just share an intimacy. You know, you end up like learning about like moles underneath somebody's scrotum. (laughs) And like, that's not something that you can just take away, you know? Plus there's the whole kind of like thing where you look at, at, at your friendship with somebody and what that means to you as opposed to what a relationship with them could mean. So yeah, you know what? Like if you're a strong enough person to where you can just have sex with somebody and not consider it, you know, being intimate or having it grow into something more, that's awesome. But I, I don't know. I know that there's a lot of people who can have casual sex with a multitude of different people and enjoy that shared experience with another person and really take into consideration that time and that appreciation of somebody else and then immediately like distance themselves from it or like uh, not distance themselves but like in polyamorous relationships you know there are people who are like or not even that so much as like swingers you know people who will swing with their spouses and stuff like that there are people who can compartmentalize that differently and I mean maybe this is a good question to the followers you know what is a a good personal line for you know polyamorous and uh and swinging relationships for how to define what you know another partner bringing that person in how you can kind of compartmentalize that into your current functioning relationship you know because for me i don't know what that's supposed to be like i've only ever known a monogamous relationship before and not many (laughs) And not very functioning. So, I don't know. I think, I don't know that it's it's something that is possible in my lifetime. I'd love to have, you know, the lack of responsibility <laughs> to just be able to go out for coffee and be like, oh yeah, this is awesome. We're just two gal pals out on the town. <laughs> and then, you know, go for a tumble in the haystack. Sounds incredibly uncomfortable. Hay's really itchy. Mm. That's so true. I'd get hives. That's why I couldn't show my vagina in that fucking barn. (laughs) Well, what about you, Joe? Like, you... Um, I've actually been in a situation where I have had sex with several of my friends, and not just, like, a one-time occurrence, but um, there's one specifically that it went on for about mm, four years. We're, like, um, we weren't, like, the closer friends, we weren't best friends, but we would talk every now and then, and it always... it wasn't always about sex. We'd like be checking in on each other. We'd hang out together, mm-hmm. and sometimes we'd be like, actually, like today, do you like want to come over and like have sex? Like we can chill out. We could play video games, or we could watch movies before and then have sex, and then we'd have sex, and it'd be like that fun sex where we can like laugh the entire time because we're friends. There's no like, I don't have to myself. I don't have to make myself sexy to you. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not trying to go there with you, and it doesn't have to be passionate or romantic with you. No, you can just helicopter. Yeah, and it's so funny, and it's so much fun, and, like, that went on, and I've had a couple other friends who, like, I've been able to do that with, and I think there was uh, one situation where it shouldn't have, it shouldn't have happened, only because, like, oh, I I felt like it was on the same level as the other ones, because I had been doing that before, Mm -hmm. but for the other person, it was a completely different experience, Mm -hmm. and they're like, oh, I'll try it out, and then after that, they were kind of upset that I wasn't feeling the same way that they were feeling. Mm-hmm. And like, I knew how they were feeling was different than I was, but I was like, Oh, we'll just see, we'll just try it. We'll go for it. See how it happens. Cause it's worked out for me before. And it didn't. And that's the one that I like feel bad about. And I was like, Oh, I can see 
the bad side to this. I can see how it doesn't work all the time for some people. Mm-hmm. Right. Like they catch the feels and yeah. you don't. And then it's super awkward. Yeah. Then like the next time you hang out, you're like, yeah. what do we, do we talk about it? Do we not talk about it? Right. And, and like, obviously this is off the table. Sex is off the table from now on. Yeah. yeah. And that's, I mean, part of it's just communicating, I think. Like, especially, you know, just being, I don't want to say this and then have it be directed just at men, but you kind of have to man up, ladies. Um, Ovary up. (laughs) Ovary, well, I've only, yeah, okay. Um, (laughs) But that's the thing is, like, you have to be able to kind of check yourself and realize that, you know, if you're not feeling it or if somebody else is feeling something different than you are, you kind of have to address it. And I know for me, that's been a really hard part is to be able to confront my own feelings and say what I want and what I'm thinking and being able to release a lot of that and just kind of like get, get those emotions out. Um, so being able to be with somebody who is a friend and be comfortable, um, it kind of introduces this new element where you're almost fearful to speak with your friend because Mm -hmm. you're so used to being, you know, covered in your old relationship goo that you're like, not sure how to be like, Hey buddy. Hey pal. So here's the deal. Um, I don't know. Like for me, I don't know that I would necessarily want to be with somebody who is a friend first uh, again. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I mean, that's, kind of the ideal but it's harder I think because you just you run this whole like trail of trying to navigate is this okay for you or is this all right right how are you feeling are you okay today yeah yeah because like I mean and for me it really if somebody's not checking in on me constantly like that I mean they're not they're not a friend well my feelings just flip-flop so easily you know I like one day it's like oh yeah he's just a pal and then the next day I'm like a pal who would look great in a tuxedo mm-hmm. you know <laughs> like so it I it, I think it's kind of for me it's tough like I really don't understand how somebody can keep that out of a sexual relationship um, for me, there was one person that, um, I had a crush on. Mm-hmm. And so like when they're like, Hey, like let's have sex as friends. I like jumped at the opportunity. Cause I'm, I'm friends with really attractive people and I'm really excited about <laughs> that. And I'm just like, oh, awesome. Let's do it. <laughs> and, um, that was like the one that just kind of went on for a while where I was like, okay, like they're my attractive friend. We're super cool. It's kind of just like a hangout session where we're just having sex. And then there's been several other people where I'm just like, I'm not attracted to them like I don't I don't see myself having a relationship with them yeah and there it's I think it needs to be a certain level of friendship like I, I don't think I could do it with one of my best friends mm-hmm. and I wouldn't be able to do it with like someone that I did a show with mm-hmm. I couldn't have that showmance it has to be like someone on, like on the borderline like we don't talk all the time but, like when we do we're cool we're that's fine because nothing's at not that nothing is at stake because the friendship is still mm-hmm. valuable but if it's weird or something weird happens, you're just like, oh, that's fine. That's but cool. I don't see you every day. Yeah. yeah. It's not going to, I like, I don't, I didn't give my, a lot of myself to you. Like, if you and my best friend had sex and that was weird, I would try to work hard to fix it and make it work better again. Because if I were to lose that friendship because of trying to have sex, mm-hmm. I would be devastated. Yeah. I would well, always mourn that friendship that yeah. I lost. And like I'd fucking value that friendship beyond belief. So I I don't I just don't think I would even try it with that mm-hmm. person. But like someone who's on that like on the outer circles of friendship, 
that's who I like. That's who I've had sex with before, and I'm like, we're fine, we're cool, we can laugh about it, we can joke oh, about funny, it. Funny, yeah. Well, and I mean, I've like, I think I've done that a couple, like one or once or twice, where it's just like you, you almost forget after a while. You're like, oh yeah, I've seen you naked. Um, but like, I've it, seen your open. <laughs> I've seen your open. No, they haven't. Savage. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's because it's stuffed into a pillow. You guys, come on, catch up. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we know it's not because we hear your screams. <laughs> Everybody did. <laughs> um, no, but that's the thing is, like, it's different than, you know, being with a fuckboy or being with, you know, some rando, like, who you can kind of just dismiss at the drop of a hat. That's easy. That's easy for me to, like, just kind of, poof, you're gone. Goodbye. Right. Like, a, somebody who's around you, like, that, to me, is more intimidating than mm-hmm. anything. Like, somebody who's like, oh, yeah, I know that person. Because now it's like, oh, God. They, they know, they know everything, but, um, I mean, I've done it once or twice to where like, it was just a weird one night sort of situation. And I mean, I, I forgot about it almost immediately, but it's nothing that I would ever keep up on. Mm. And that's what I'm trying to say is, you know, once that's off the table, we're good. Mm -hmm. Friendship is intact. But I don't think that it's it's something that, you know, you can keep up and then not have, like, those feelings. Like, that's that to me is nuts that you can be that intimate with somebody and have that kind of closeness and then not want more. Like, is that is that a wrong expectation? Listeners, is that a wrong <laughs> expectation to have? I don't think it's a wrong expectation. I just think people have different expectations, definitely. Yeah. So I don't think it could be wrong or right. I just think, like, you need to know your comfort levels and make mm-hmm. sure that the person that you're going to engage in these acts with knows their comfort levels. That's fair. Because if, like, if either of you are, like, unbalanced or, like, uh, let's try it, maybe wait a bit. Wait <laughs> until you know that you can survive They're unbalanced. It. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm a one-man teeter-totter. Like, <laughs> it's not... I, don't, don't even try. <laughs> 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 one man teeter totter. Oh, one man teeter I love it. Yeah, I definitely feel like like a, a lot can be lost in emotional sex. Yeah, for sure. Like when you're in an emotional state, you know that's when it gets really hairy and gets like <laughs> not really, Star David. But it gets like messy. It gets yeah. like rough because you're like, okay, was that the excitement of you know winning the quidditch world cup or was it like victor Grom really upset because you know you just went to a funeral or even if like you're about to lose your job and you know like you're just feeling vulnerable and that person is there like i think that just no comfort sex yeah that's where the emotions come in don't don't have sex with someone to make yourself feel better because that's where you're like not that I, that's the rule for everything. No, no, no. But, but I feel yeah. like that's where the issue would come in. Because now you have made yourself vulnerable to them and you've given them a piece of you. And now they're a part of your history where like, oh, they helped me through this spot, through this. So mm-hmm. like there's It's almost there. like, like the owing people again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, for me, it's just like I said, you know, you get those like cute little one night standy sort of situations it's easy to walk away from that and not have to like be like 
held accountable to all of that. But if you're continuing having sex with somebody, you know, that kind of stuff just comes up. I'm not saying like, okay, dive, you know, dick deep into the crazy pool and say like, you know, just so many good titles. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, don't stick your dick in crazy. No, don't stick your dick in crazy. (laughs) But like, you don't, that stuff happens. And then you automatically have like this person who is a really close friend to you or who is there for you, you know, and you want that kind of comfort and that, you know, you want to be able to expose yourself in a vulnerable state. And I mean, when are you ever more vulnerable than, you know, when you're sporting your birthday suit and doing weird things with your Wuhan, (laughs) your lady goods. With your cunt. (laughs) But the point is, you know, like, that kind of, I mean, people can live in this, like, idealistic world where, like, nothing like that can happen or they're strong-willed enough, God forbid, that they can say no to that or go, you know, have some other stuff to look towards to help them. I am not. I'm a weak-willed sponge, and I will suck up all the pity sex that I can. Mm. So I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm so sad today. Come do me. Weak-willed sex sponge. The weak-willed sex sponge. God, title of my memoir. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. I love it. Well, I think... I think that about wraps it up. Um, Marquis, do you want to plug all of your stuff? Utility Players, Alchemist? Yeah, we have two more shows this season on uh, Saturday, December 3rd, and then uh, Saturday also, <laughs> December 10th. Um, some Carolyn gigs um, out there if you guys are interested. Uh, and it's the Ugly Sweaters is the name of the Carolyn group. Also through the Utility Players, there's a bunch of new classes going on. Uh, You're more than welcome to hop online to the Utility Players website and Facebook and uh, Instagram, anything really, and check out all of those classes if you're interested in any sort of improv-related stuff. I know that we have really great courses for writers and uh, using improv uh, through writing and writer's blog. We have uh, a class being taught by our coach for um, intermediate and advanced improv to really hone all of your improving skills. Um, a few courses on, you know, getting out of your shell and uh, another one about public speaking. I think that those might be all of them. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, tons of really cool stuff going on uh, throughout the end of the year. And then we'll be coming back again, I believe, sometime in March. Uh, we may have a pickup show, which I'm sure we'll be announcing. But please follow, please subscribe to everything, and especially this podcast where you uh, may also hear some other not-so-subtle plugs. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So we are going to sign off with... Wear a condom. Always wear a condom. Always wear a condom. <laughs> Get tested. Also, we swear on Chanel at Twitter. Send us your questions. Don't forget to rate and review. That's the important part. Please rate and review on iTunes. That really helps us out a lot. I know Marquis is going to rate and review our podcast. Obviously, yeah. Duh. So go ahead and follow suit. If you want to be an amazing person like her, it starts with writing a review. (laughs) Thank you very much. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.